This morning our scripture reading comes from Psalm 33, verses 1 through 12. Shout for, joy, shout for joy in the Lord, O you righteous. Praise befits the upright. Give thanks to the Lord with the lyre. Make melody to Him with the harp of ten strings. Sing to Him a new song. Play skillfully on the strings with loud shouts. For the word of the Lord is upright, and all His work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and by the breath of His mouth all their host. He gathers the waters of the sea as a heap. He puts the depths in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. For He spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. The counsel of the Lord stands fast. The plans of His heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom He has chosen as His heritage. Amen. In our catechism for today for the children... It's question uh, 13. Can anyone keep the law of God perfectly? Since the fall, no human has been able to keep the law of God perfectly. And that reminds you of the Scripture half of you at least have all memorized, uh, the young people, and that is that wages of sin is death. The free gift of life is the free gift of God is eternal life. So we understand that uh, we need God's grace, and we we need it to be covering us in in His forgiveness and His mercy. The children are dismissed for their class. Scriptures I'm going to be using this morning for the the core of the message come again out of Ephesians chapter one and uh, three uh, specifically verses three through fourteen and I know that I have been in this section prior to this a a few weeks ago and uh, I just want to say that there's so much information here you could preach on it alone for a long period of time and not accomplish it all. And there is a particular topic that I wanted to use today to be a, I, I guess you would say, a prelude to moving into the book of Exodus. Uh, we'll use this sermon today, and then a, uh, two or three sermons that are coming out of the book of Galatians, or I mean uh, Genesis, to uh, get the underlying picture of God's choosing of His people. And the importance of Exodus and the significance to us will become a little clearer, I think, if we do that. So... Uh, what I want to do is, is read the, the passage, uh, starting with the third verse of Ephesians chapter 1. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, 
even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. In love, He predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace with which He has blessed us in the Beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished upon us. In all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of His will, according to this purpose, which He set forth in Christ, as a plan of the fullness of time, to unite all things in Him, things in heaven and things on earth. In Him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of His glory. In Him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory. Amen. In the Scripture, there is a theme that a number of, of pastors through the ages have, have caught, you know, latched on to and shared and, and written about. It's called the Scarlet Thread. You may be familiar with it. It may be something new to you. I'm not sure for all of you. But the Scarlet Thread basically is the idea of the Scarlet representing the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ is seen, the work of Christ is seen in type or purpose all the way through Genesis to Revelation. And so Jesus is considered the Old Testament where Christ is concealed to a degree and He's revealed in the New Testament more in, in clarity. But the reality is, is that it's Old Testament and the New Testament are focused on the, uh, the, the redemption of God through the blood of Christ. And so all of the Old Testament laws and a lot of the things were all reflections of things that were there to show us either that we needed Christ or how to serve Christ. And so we can go back, and, and especially through the book of Hebrews, and, and, and look at different parts of that and see so many parallels. This scarlet thread begins in, in chapter uh, 3 of, of Genesis. So it starts right with the beginning. And we're familiar with, with chapter 3, the fall of Adam and Eve, their sin, and what they, uh, the judgments that God brought upon them. And then uh, in verse 21 of chapter 3, it says, And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins, and clothe them. That is the first image of a sacrifice made because of sin. Two, two, three, whatever animals, it doesn't tell us. And some people say, I wonder what animals they were. It doesn't tell us. I wouldn't be surprised if they were lambs. Uh, but the idea is that God took the skins of animals. That means there was a death involved in order to cover Adam and Eve in their sin. And so there's the first picture of this scarlet thread running through. And it ends at the cross of Christ. 
and His shedding of the blood. His sacrifice of blood for the covering of our sins. But actually, the picture of all of this, the plan of all of this, the purpose of all of this that, that we talk about in the reference to redemption begins before the foundation of the world. Let me go back into Ephesians in the first chapter. Verse 4. He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world that we could be holy and blameless before Him. Before the foundation of the world. And it's again in verse 11, in Him, Jesus Christ, we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will. Predestined means that we've been set aside ahead for something that God has got in the future. And so, these two pictures here tell us that, that there's a plan that God has put into effect and, and, and initially He says before the foundation of the world. Now, as we go through Ephesians, I want to, to, to just take the moment and say that verse 3 where it says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And you might say, what blessings are those? And I want to start with the reality here I am a blessed person. No matter what happens in this world, no matter what is good, what is bad, what is evil happens in this world, I am a blessed person. Because I have confessed with my mouth, believe in my heart, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, raised from the dead. And as a result, I fall into this category of blessed be the God be the Godfather of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. And he goes right ahead to start to tell us what these spiritual blessings are. Verse 4, I've already read it, He chose us before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before Him. He has blessed us to be holy and blameless. Yet we've all sinned. How do we become holy and blameless? Through the plan of salvation, the blood of Christ shed on the cross. When we accept Jesus, His blood now becomes the covering over us and God forgives us of our sins and holds us as holy. And we are allowed to approach His throne. You see, nothing but something holy can come before the throne of God. We, would be, we are not allowed to until we come through the blood of Christ. A neat picture when Christ died on the cross. It says the curtain between the Holy of Holies and the holy place was rent in two. And that tells us that we now have access to the Holy of Holies through the blood of Christ. And that's who we are. We are chosen for this. We were chosen before the foundation of the world. that we should be holy and blessed. He knew the fall was going to happen. He knew that sin was going to run over man. 
And yet, He chose us to make us holy and blameless through the blood of Christ. In verse 5 it says, He predestined us. There's another, this, this, the blessings of Christ. He predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of His will. Uh, the purpose of His will would be His choice, His plan. The purpose of His will. And I was looking at this idea of, of blessings and, and this picture here. We are heirs of a promise. We are part of the family of God. If we have confessed Jesus Christ as our Savior, we believe in, in our hearts who He is, and, and we, we look to God's Word for our guidance, it says that we are a part of the family of God. What are the benefits to being in the family of God? Well, we become a child of God. And as a child of God, something amazing happens through Jesus Christ. We become, and this to me, this one phrase is so amazing, we become joint heirs with Jesus. There was a singing group back in the 70s and 80s. Right, Ted? Uh, the Heirs of Promise. And uh, they, they sang in, in this community a number of times over the years that they were singing together. And uh, that, was the, the, that was their whole purpose was to point out that we are the family of God through Jesus Christ. We are the heirs of a great promise. We are joint heirs with Jesus. I wrote in my note, stop here, take a look. Again, He chose us. He predestined us before the foundation of the world. It's not the only place that this phrase, before the foundation of the world, is used. We find it in Revelation 13, uh, verse 8. He says, before the foundation of the world, uh, we were written down in the Lamb's book of life. I started thinking about the foundation of the world, and then in the foundation of the world is Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created. What this is saying is before in the beginning God created, this happened. Outside of time, something happened. And it's this plan of God for salvation of man. He chose before the foundation of the world that He would have a church. You have a people that would be His chosen people and that they would ultimately be redeemed through the blood of Jesus Christ. And so I put in my thoughts here, when is before the foundation of the world? Well, I just answered that. Before Genesis 1.1. Before the beginning. God chose our names. Think of this. God chose our names to be written down in the Lamb's book of life. He predestined us according to the purpose of His will.
before God created anything, He saw mankind as lost and in need of a Savior. Before He created anything, the Savior, the Son of God, was present with Him. I frequently refer to the first verse of of John chapter 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word is Jesus Christ. He was present at the forming of this plan. The details of redemption were planned out before anything was created. Peter has something to say to this. He says, with the precious blood of Christ, like the lamb, uh, 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 like that of a lamb, without blemish or spot, he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Before the foundation of the world, again, this picture of Christ the Savior, the plan of salvation, all put in place. God's blessings and grace and mercy and forgiveness came before man. Came before creation. That tells us very clearly that the plan of salvation is not based on anything we do. We can't do it. We can't earn it. We can't bring. There's nothing of this world that we can bring before the throne of God to purchase or put down payment, if you will, even on our salvation. Christ has done it all. plan was not based on man, but on the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. I have confessed. I do believe. And I'm confident that I'm saved. That means my name is written down in the Lamb's book of life. I'm part of that picture in Revelation chapter 13. My name is in that book. And it's been there since before the foundation of the world. All who have confessed, believe, and are saved, your name is written down in the Lamb's book of life. And this is a promise. It's been purchased by Jesus Christ and we just read it has been sealed by the Holy Spirit waiting for it to be complete. In other words, it has started now in us. It's already, but not yet. We've had sermons on that theme. It's, it, we're already in the kingdom of God by our salvation, but the kingdom of God is not complete. We're not finished. There's more to happen. Our, our uh, being made complete and whole in Christ, new bodies, the whole thing is yet ahead of us. And it's a promise 
And as I read here in, in, in chapter uh, 33 of Psalms, God keeps His promises. He can't not keep a promise. Once He has made the promise, it is a given. It will happen. It will occur. We're purchased by Christ, sealed by the Holy Spirit. Like I said in Psalm 33, verse 11, it says, The counsel of the Lord stands forever. Or the plan of the Lord stands forever. The plans of His heart are to all generations. God's plan gives meaning to life. It gives purpose to life. We shared before what our purpose is according to the Westminster uh, Catechism that... uh, our purpose is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. We have a purpose to glorify God, but it gives, the very essence of who we are gives us the purpose of what and who we are eternally, not just now. And I wrote as a side thought, and man without God, he chooses evolution, a dead end. And that's a play on words. It is a dead end. God created. He put it into effect. And prior to the beginning, He had this plan before the foundation of the world to save a chosen people. He predestined us to that purpose. Christ is coming again to take us home. Fulfilling His promise. Completing His plan. The plan made before the foundation of the world. I think of John the Baptist. The 29th verse of John chapter 1. And... We don't know for sure whether this was before or after the baptism, but he still he saw Jesus walking and he yelled out. He hollered. It says he, he, the, the emphasis is that it was with a loud voice. He said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He was the forerunner to declare the way to prepare for the coming of the Christ. And even that was in the plan before the foundation of the world. And in prophetic Scripture, it shows us that. I just felt as the first message of this year that I wanted to share something that I felt was very positive. We are a blessed People. We have illnesses. We have sicknesses. We have so many things that go wrong with our physical bodies. 
But the Scripture tells us very clearly that these bodies are made of fallen flesh. And we all will suffer the the plagues, if you will, of the fallen flesh. But even within the framework of living in this flesh, we know that we have been sealed by the Holy Spirit in the love of Jesus Christ and His grace, His mercy, and His forgiveness, and that we have eternal life. Our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Keep these thoughts in mind as we share in communion this morning. We were chosen, but not in a sense without cost. But there was no cost to us. The cost was paid completely and totally in full by Christ on the cross with the final word, it is finished. Paid in full. How blessed we are. Before the foundation of the world, chosen, predestined to be in the family of God, children of God, joint heirs with Jesus. And we celebrate that in communion with the reality that Christ has purchased us. In the flesh He came. In the flesh He went to the cross. In the flesh He suffered. He poured out His blood to deliver us so that we might have eternal life. And then the resurrection to prove He has the authority to do all the things that He promised. Let's share in communion this morning. Have our communion song. And uh, come up and pick up the communion up here in the front. This side has the cup with the bread in, and this side has the pack for communion on this side, whichever one you feel comfortable with. Great High Priest whose name is love.
Gospel of Luke, Jesus instructed the apostles. He said, as He took the bread and He gave thanks, He said, this is His body that is broken for us. And He gave it to them saying, eat, do this in remembrance of Me. Let us share the bread. And at the meal with his disciples, he also took the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to share together this morning, to worship, to sing to open Your Word together, to pray together. We ask, Lord, as we share around the table together this morning, that You would cause our hearts and our minds to be enriched through Your Holy Spirit. The reality of what You have done for us and the amazing picture that You've painted for us this morning in Your Word before the foundation of the world. That is such an amazing thing to know. And then to know that our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. We thank You for Your grace, Your mercy, Your love, Your forgiveness. And we ask as we go that we would carry that truth with us in such a way that others might see and ask that we might have a chance to share our testimony of who You are, what You've done, and how much You love us. Again, we worship You. We praise You. We thank You. We ask now, Lord, that You would go with us, causing us to be the light that You want us to be in the places that You lead us. In Jesus' name, Amen. Would you all stand, please, as we close?